Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Liberty Wall podcast. Uh, we are your hosts, Candice Pedraza and Jess Reinhardt. Um, apologies for the big gap. And of course, someone's starting to rev their motorcycle outside as I'm talking. Anyway, I can't hear it at <laughs> all. So you're good. <laughs> awesome. Apologies for the delay. Um, I have been out with a non-COVID illness for the past week, but we are <laughs> D- DNP illness. <laughs> We are back together. Um, Jess did a lovely solo podcast after game three. Um, so if you haven't heard that or just want to relive that game for some reason, please listen to that. <laughs> um, game four, I think, was even more exciting um, and one that we have not had the chance yet to recap. Um, it was super stressful, but just like felt at least after the first quarter and some change, like the Liberty had, you know, kind of gotten their shit together. Um, definitely turnovers were a big issue um, with Connecticut trapping the hell out of Courtney Vandersloot and Sabrina Unescu. That was working really well in their favor, but the Liberty had three specific, very special players go off in this game. Um, Benajelini, John Quell Jones and Brianna Stewart. I think all three of them were really able to sort of carry them over the finish line by the end of the game. Um, Benijah has been getting a lot of flowers this past week since that game. And just since this entire postseason run, she has been, I would argue, maybe their second best player, maybe just behind John Quell um, in the postseason. Stewie's always up there just because she always puts up pretty ridiculous numbers even when the shooting isn't there um but game four was really fun what are your thoughts since it feels like i know you said before we started recording it felt like it happened a month ago so yeah, <laughs> i don't know no. if i even remember i know it's funny like you saying all that is kind of like bringing me back to the solo pod when i was talking about you know the one game that the liberty lost the sun benaja only had what was it two points three points something like that yeah um and I also mentioned, you know, maybe Stewie taking less threes but being more efficient from three is what she has to do, and it's exactly what she did. And, man, Benajah just comes up clutch all the time. And it was really cool to see John Quell do that against her whole old team in her old home building. I always kind of wish that when a team, like, closes something out that it's, like, on their home court. But um, yeah. it seemed like there was a a good crew of Liberty folks at the game, which was, which was good to see. I know there have been a lot of comments about uh, officiating. It was a very physical game. I mean, that one play that looked kind of scary between John Quell and AT. Um, Not that like there was any foul there, but like that was just like the type of game it was. And not to go get too ahead of ourselves, but the Liberty, I feel, definitely had... I think the the Aces have had the path of least resistance to get to the finals, where the Liberty have really... Just the two teams that they played against were two of the just, like, scrappiest and, like, more physical teams in the, in the playoffs and in the league as a whole. We were talking about how we really wanted the Liberty to close it out just because... The Aces had gotten the sweep and they were going to get more rest, especially if the Liberty had to bring it to Tuesday um, for uh, game five. 
Um, so it's nice that they've had a bunch of extra rest as well. But it's going to be interesting, right? Like, the Sun definitely knew how to exploit some things on the Liberty side. And I'm interested to see, you know, teams always say, like, oh, we're just going to play our game. It doesn't matter, like, who we're playing. But you got to believe that the Aces are going to look at how the Sun defended and played against the Liberty and maybe utilize some of those those concepts uh, going into the finals. I think that... In the games that I've seen between the Liberty and the Aces, it really, I don't know, like it could really go either way just because obviously during the regular season, excluding the Commissioner's Cup, it was a 50-50 split with two wins, two losses for each team. Um, and the home York, team won yeah. those games too. So, you know, is there a chance that they go back to New York up 2-0 and New York ties it up but then game five is in Vegas. That would be like the epitome of drama. Um, <laughs> I, think, I think everybody wants that. Um, the script would be scripting. Yeah, heavily. Um, because for either of these teams to drop two in a row, the way that they've been playing, it would be pretty shocking. But if there were to be any team that would you know, cause the Liberty to lose twice in a row, it would be Vegas and vice versa. It's just the perfect matchup. I mean... For the obvious reasons, like the obvious narratives, whatever. But you have the two best teams in the league facing off with each other in finals. And that's beautiful. And I think that it's going to come down to how well New York is able to shoot from three, which I think that they've done a pretty good job with during their their series against the Aces um except for one game actually ironically the game that they shot the worst from three-point range was a win for them and that was their last game against them on august 28th they only shot 30 percent from three the rest of the games they shot above at least 38 percent so that was really big for them um but then obviously the aces have offensive powerhouses in asia wilson um in jackie young and kelsey plum who can both go off um from three-point range as well and the aces defense is also very formidable but they're in a way where it's not as physical as connecticut i would say definitely more strategic in the way that they defend um and obviously they have a powerhouse in asia wilson who was you know two-time defensive player of the year won this year for a reason oh god like i like i i wish i was more confident about new york headed into the series but i'm not necessarily more confident in Vegas, if that makes sense. Like, I really yeah, just have no. to see what ha- like how game one plays out. And I think then I'll get a better feel for, like, what this series is going to look like. But I don't feel good going with either team. Like, I think it's going to go to five, to be completely honest. I don't feel comfortable saying, like, oh, yeah, like, this is how it's going to sway. This team has it in the bag. It really just depends. Like, they – it because they both – can have moments where it's like you're you look unbeatable um but then both will also have moments where it's like wow like you you slipped up like you kind of yeah. like lost this game yeah i it's it's hard right because it's like yes this very easily could go five games it's been such a weird series between the two teams just looking, even if you just look at the final scores, like you've got um, Vegas 98, New York 81, New York 99, Vegas 61, New York 82, Vegas 63, 
Vegas 88, New York 75, New York 94, Vegas 85. Like, you would think with these two teams, it would constantly be, like, two, three-point games. And it just seems like a team gets hot and there's no, you know, stop it, plug in the drain, and it just keeps coming. Um, I think, you know, you were talking about how the how different the defense is between Connecticut and Las Vegas. Um, I had pulled a stat from one of the ESPN articles that said the Liberty shot 48% on open three-pointers in their first five matches matchups against the aces with Sabrina leading the way at 11 for 23. And I'm not exactly sure like the definition of open three, I'm guessing that's from synergy. Um, But like to let Sabrina get 23 of those shots is if you're going to do that, then yeah, good luck. Um, Yeah. There's just, and she's had like really good games against them. Oh yeah. Yeah. She, it was the one, uh, yeah, that ninety-nine to sixty-one game, there that that first game because they had a run of four of the five games all came in August, and that first one when New York won ninety-nine to sixty-one, Sabrina led the way with thirty-one points. Um, and yeah, I mean Sabrina has led the Liberty in three of those five games with thirty-one, twenty-two, and twenty-five points, and I would love nothing more than for her to just completely go off this final obviously um but even more so because it'll be against the aces and just for all the haters once again um yeah but <laughs> we know what specific haters are uh <laughs> but yeah it's like i could see them going into vegas and dropping two right away and that's terrifying yeah so that's a that's a difficult hump to get over against a team like Vegas but then again on the flip side it's like I could then see them dominating at home behind right. a loud ass home crowd and tying this back up but then got to go back to Vegas <laughs> yeah yeah um, which I mean they did cool. win in Vegas <laughs> for the commissioner cup final ironically Marine was the top scorer in that game Fun yeah fact. she like went off for like which I completely no forgot about yeah. <laughs> for no reason at all um and maybe it is something like that where it's like someone off the bench or KT again, like comes up in a couple key plays that just like flips the script and gets the Liberty going. Like, I think that's also part of why, like, I love the Benajah story so much is just because, and they talked about it on the broadcast a bit during the series about how Benajah in the beginning of the season, like went to Sandy and was like, after however many games was like like if this is my role like I don't know if I can do this and Sandy was like you know stick with it and you know we're all we're all still figuring this out she had that one bad playoff game and they were talking about like getting in the gym with her husband and stuff which was cute but and now she's just like got it going and now she signed an extension and like wants to stay like I don't think you can like call her like under the radar anymore but like she's is very much like their x factor um yeah and if she just remains steady like she doesn't have to go off for 30 but if she gets to that like 12 even like 12 points or something like that and then like opens it up for because i think when she starts hitting threes that opens it up a lot more for suey and john quell down low 
it's it's going to be interesting because ha- and then having to with Asia, you know, in the paint, um, you know, defensive player of the year, like that brings a whole other beast to the equation. Yeah. And, you know, weirdly, Asia hasn't had like amazing performances this season against New York. Um, yeah. I think that that speaks to Brianna Stewart's defense a heck of a lot. Um, JJ as well. And also JJ, I feel like picked it up in terms of her, you know, intensity on both ends of the floor after that commissioner's cup game when she won MVP of that game. Um, and so I feel like between JJ and Benaja, these are two factors that I think the Liberty maybe couldn't have relied on as consistently as they did to start the year as they can now. And as you said, that opens up so much more for them, um, especially on offense. Benaja is also an excellent defender, but yeah, I had pulled up. So I remember Alexa Philip Philippou. I always, I don't know. I don't I know. Think if that's it's Philippou, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Alexa Philippou from ESPN. Um, on October 1st, she said that the Liberty were 20 and two this summer, regular season and playoffs when Benaja Laney scores at least 14 points. They're 21 and two now, because I think that was, prior to them clinching that series against the sun and in all four games against Vegas this year, excluding the commissioner's cup, Benaja had 17 points, 17 points, 13, and then randomly three points in a loss <laughs> to Vegas at the very beginning um, on June 29th. The way that she's playing now, in addition to JJ, and then also being able to rely on JJ and Stewie to defend Asia, that locks up a lot of Vegas's offense, and it forces them to have to rely on players like Chelsea Gray to score, like Jackie Young, Kelsey Plum. Another factor that I think that is interesting between these two teams is their benches. Obviously, with Alicia Clark you have a really reliable six player to go to beyond Alicia Clark. I'm not super confident in Vegas's ability to match up with New York's bench. If New York's bench plays like they were playing to end the regular season, but they haven't really mm-hmm. been there um, this postseason. I think that just has to do with like rotation. Um, yeah. An opportunity. Yeah. Like they don't like, and that's how it is in the playoffs, right? Like, ro- yeah. Uh, rotations get so much smaller um and i think specifically for a player like marine like she's not gonna come in and like i mean she can but like more often than not you're not gonna just like hit your first two shots like it's just you gotta get in the flow and and things like that and i just don't think she has had that opportunity a lot in the playoffs just because of like again the uh the shorter shorter bench yeah, no, I mean, it, it should be a very fun matchup. Like you said, like, I am also surprised that it was so lopsided. Pretty much every game that they played felt very lopsided. Like, <laughs> it wasn't even, like, fun. And that was just, like, a running joke where it was just, like, can we please get, like, one close, like, gritty closeout to one of these games? But, like, one team would just be firing on all cylinders and the other team would just be, like, struggling um and even in the commissioner's cup game it was like there was a fucking cover on the lid like i feel like no one made a shot for the first like five minutes it was very weird 
Um, but I hope that it's a closer situation with these games. It would suck for morale if New York were to get blown out twice on the road. That would be kind of oh, wild. That's like I'm so stressed. <laughs> like I would have to like evacuate the timeline. Like I would have to delete Twitter. Oh, because- I'm delete literally deleting the app off my phone. Because I would not be able to to deal with that because the hot takes that it would be flying after that game would be like absolutely ridiculous. I don't know if I have any more thoughts on the series. I feel like it's one of those things where it's like, I know it's going to be fun. It's what everybody wanted. It really just has to do with, I think, what looks each team is willing to give the other. Um, and I feel like I'll have a better grasp. On we got to like, see game one. Thank you guys so much for joining us again. Oof, excuse me. Sorry for the sniffles. Um, <laughs> You've reached your back. limit. She's officially yeah. reached her limit. We gotta go. I'm I'm back to DNP. Um, <laughs> but I am again Candice Pedraza, joined by Jess Reinhardt. We will catch you guys again probably the day after Game One to recap the events. Hopefully, we celebrate not tragic. Indigenous People Day. Hopefully, yes, <laughs> yes, please. All right, have a good day, everybody.